I want to welcome you to Diving Into Deeper Waters with Erin Rowling, where we do not just put our toes in or stay in the shallow end, because what's the fun of that, but where we dive into real life and use God's Word to help us navigate this thing called life. Speaking of the Word of God, I am so in love with God's Word, and I just want to talk a second about just your Bible. Maybe your Bible is sitting off in the corner and it's got dust on it, or maybe you pick it up and you're like, I just don't even understand what this thing is saying, or I can't comprehend it. And I I feel like a, a lot of my life, I felt like that a little bit, like maybe I didn't understand what I was reading at times. And then I made the most brilliant decision ever was to get a Bible that has um, like things on the side of it that kind of explain what I'm reading. And it just, the guidance that that has given me or the backstory or understanding like what's happening or bringing out a verse and like what it's talking about has been life changing. Cause I don't know if I could read through some of the books of the Bible without that. So I would highly recommend a study Bible. Um, There are so many different kinds. And actually the one that I have is the Women of Faith one, and they don't even um, print it anymore. So mine's a little tattered and worn, but I love it. And I love what it has to say. So don't give up on your word. Like don't, don't think that it's not relevant. Don't think, what does this have for me? Because there's so much life in what we're we're reading. And I have to say, even doing this podcast, I feel like I have fallen more in love with the Word of God because I've just been diving into it, uh, going deeper than I've ever gone into the Word of God and just been amazed with just what I've been gleaning from it, what I've been learning and like things that I've read before. Like maybe you're like, I've read through the Bible already. Read it again <laughs> because it's it's like kind of like when you watch a movie and then you watch a movie again and you're like, oh, I didn't notice that or I didn't pay attention to that or oh, I didn't get that. Like every time you watch a movie, you'll notice something new and something different. Well, it's the same thing with the Word of God. Every time you read it, you're going to get something different. You're going to get something new that you never uh, got before. And so um, I actually make myself accountable with my Word because let's just face it, sometimes uh, you can go like you can go a day without reading and then before you know it's a week and before you know it's a month and then before you know it, you're not in it at all. And so I found for myself, even though I've been saved since I was three years old, I still feel a need to keep myself accountable. So I have two friends I'm accountable with. I just started doing a devotional with uh, another friend and it excites me because I love when they text me like things that stuck out to them because even one line that they say that's like from the word of God, it just like I opened a text from my friend Michelle the other day and she just had texted, um, he is my help, my deliverer. And I read it and it just like gave me life. Like the minute I read it, just that one line gave me life. Uh, Today I read a post from a girl that's graduating, um, 
with my daughter and the she had a verse as her very first thing on her post and it said, um, because our graduates are going through a lot right now, um, graduations next week, um, and there's a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings, and but her post said, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. I'm going to give you the passage for that. It's 2 Corinthians 6.10. Like, that's so good. I mean, take it in. <laughs> like, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. So I love seeing people post scriptures on um, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and blah, blah, blah. I don't think they have them on TikTok. That would seem weird. I don't even have TikTok, but you know what I mean. Um, because it's it's life-giving. The word gives life. It is relevant for today. It has so much to offer us. And uh You know, another thing I love seeing too is people posting like songs. I'm a worshiper. Like I love music. I love worship music. I know some people feel like, oh, worship music is all the same and, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I take in the words of music like that is super impactful to me, which is kind of funny because my husband's the complete opposite of me with music, like, um, the rhythm or the way it's written or, you know, the music side of it is super appealing to him and the words are super appealing to me. And it's funny because, uh, we've been watching our online services. We record them. We're there to record them, but then we watch them with our kids so we can do church with our kids. And (laughs) he'll sometimes look at me and go, oh, that's what that song says. I never knew it said that because he's he's a musician. And so uh, he's paying attention to the music side of things and not always hears the words. I remember... um, our, we did oceans at our church a lot, you know, and that was super popular. And we went to a conference and he turned to me and he was like weeping. And he was like, the words to this song are amazing. And I just looked at him like, we've literally sang this song like 500 times and you're just now getting the words. He's like, I finally paid attention to the words. So uh, just know that when you're posting scripture or songs that are really being impactful, I think, to you right now is encouraging others. It's it's another way to, there's so many other things like that can erupt on Facebook and quarrels and disagreements and a lot of things about the virus and people's perspective and people's thoughts and challenging things and all of this stuff. So when someone posts a scripture or um, a song that's really helping them, they're really identifying with. Hey, just know it's other people are identifying with it too. And uh, one of the songs that's really come to the forefront, I think, has, and I've seen a lot of people posting it, um, is a song Waymaker by Leland. And I think because the words are just so for now, like, I don't, I think that song was actually written several years ago, um, but it's, you know, being remixed and revised and everything. And Leland kind of added to it. Actually, he added my favorite part of the, of the song was, um, is the bridge of the song is my, my very favorite part of it. And it's where it says, 
Uh, Even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. And I literally cannot sing that song without when that, that part, the bridge comes up and not think of all the times in my life over the span of my life where I have really uh, not seen how God is working, but he is working. And I think a lot of people right now are not seeing how God is working, or maybe they're not feeling like God is working right now with everything that we're experiencing and everything we're going through, which is understandable because there's a lot that we can't see right now, I think. And, um, but when I think of my life, I think, oh man, he, I could not see that then. But, you know, here, I'll give you an example. Like, um, my husband and I worked in ministry for years. Like, basically, I think every department we have worked in and we were gleaning and learning, we had no idea that it was all for the purpose of bringing us to the town of Marlette and that we were going to start a church and everything that we had done prior, um, good and bad, because let's face it, um, you can have good experiences in church and you're going to have bad experiences in church. And yet both scenarios, both things that we had gone through was really huge preparation for God saying, hey, I'm going to give you this new calling in your life and you guys are going to pastor a church. And I look back on all of those experiences and even when I felt like, why are we going through this right now? Like we went through some pretty rough stuff before we started our church and I could not see how God was working for sure. And yet unbeknownst to us, he was really working and preparing us for launching us into a new ministry. And um, the other day I was thinking about that song, Waymaker, and uh, was thinking, I I feel like this needs to be, I need to do a podcast on this, this whole idea of Waymaker and that when we don't feel it, when we can't see it, he's working. And actually the next morning, I opened up my devotional. Um, I'm going to say it again. I've kind of give reference to it before, but um, it's called Awaken by Priscilla Shire. Love it. So good. They're short. So if you don't have a lot of time, which some of you have more time than you know what to do with right now, but um, it's, or you have little ones or whatever, it's a great devotional. But that day I opened it up and she's sharing about the story of Joshua And um, it's basically the story about when Joshua is preparing the Israelites and they're going to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. And like, this was a big day. Like the Israelites had been going around for 40 years in the desert, just wandering basically because they kept disobeying. So God wasn't going to take them into the promised land. But now finally it's here. It's like they finally get to cross the Jordan River, and get to go into the promised land. So it's something they've been waiting for a long time for and um, gone through a lot to get to this point. And if you want to read the account, it's in Joshua 3, 
um, just so you know where it is if you want to go back and read it. So I want to set the scene for you. So um, they're at the Jordan. They're, they camp there for three days because they're getting prepared to make this crossing because this wasn't like just one family crossing. I mean, it's basically the whole, uh, it's all of the Israelites that are going to go across. I mean, that's like, who know, I'm sure it says how many people. I didn't look it up, but tons and tons and tons and tons of people. They got to get over this river and they prepare them by saying, listen, the priests are going to carry the Ark of the Covenant. They're going to walk through the, the river and you're going to follow them. So they're getting prepared. And then um, Joshua tells the priests, he tells them that God has told him, hey, you're going to carry the Ark of the Covenant. You're going to get to the water's edge and you need to step into the river. That's what you need to do, which doesn't really seem like a big deal, right? Like, okay, we take the Ark of the Covenant, we step into the water. Like, if you think about water, usually like the first few feet of any body of water is pretty shallow, so really not a big deal. And I mean, they had heard the story of the Red Sea. I mean, their forefathers had experienced this amazing moment, you know, where Moses spreads out his arm and with his staff and the Red Sea parts in front of them. I mean, like, I don't think the Jordan River was as big as the Red Sea. So if God can do the Red Sea, he can surely do the Jordan River. So not a big deal to, you know, put your your feet in it. Um, But what we need to understand and I didn't really pay attention to this till I read the, the passage of scripture. This is why it's so important, people, <laughs> to get into your word. Because I've read this before, like several times. I know the story, but I didn't pay attention to the details. And the details are this. The Jordan River was normally a calm river. But at this time of year, it was very swollen with turbulent water. So it wasn't like they were just sticking their feet in this calm little placid river. No, it's like the worst time that they could ever possibly cross through the Jordan River. So, um, and I'm I'm sure they the priests had to have been like, what are we doing? I mean, okay, so we got to put our feet in the swirling water. What's going to happen? And I'm sure they probably thought, well. Moses parted the sea, so we'll probably stand there. We'll probably dip our feet into this water, and it's just going to part, just like it did for the Red Sea. And, um, you know, so they're in this moment. They're about to, to do this, and when they step in, it doesn't seem like anything happens. It's not that moment of the Red Sea where it just completely parts, they step in the water, and there's still water, people. There's still a turbulent river, raging river. And they could not see how God was working on their behalf. At that moment, all that seemed to happen was there was water. And what they were unaware of was that the moment that they stepped into that flooded river, that upstream from them, it had stopped flowing. 
God put a barrier upstream. So that means that water was still flowing. The water that was passed where God put up a stop sign to the water, I guess you could say, water still coming down. So even though they had put their toes in and they had stepped into the water, there was water still coming. They could not see that upstream God had basically put like a dam and the water was going to stop. They couldn't see that. They were unaware. I want to kind of read the account here because I think that it's super important to dive into like the actual verbiage of the scripture. So I want to read this part to you. So we're going to read in verse 15 and it says, Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarthan, while the water flowing to the Sea of Arab, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. Even when I can't see it, you're working. See, God was moving. God was making a dam upstream. He was doing something, although they couldn't see it. Though nothing they could physically like lay their eyes on. I mean, they couldn't physically see that God was doing something on their behalf. And I think right now we more than ever need to hold on to that. Like, This is like life to me personally right now. Maybe it's not to you, but maybe you just need to hear this so you can share it with somebody else and like say, hey, let's read this Bible verse because this shows that God is working even when I can't feel it and even when I can't see it, you're working. See, Joshua and the priest had to trust that God was working on their behalf. They had to obey. I mean, there there was something they needed to do. It didn't just happen. They had to step into the water for that moment to happen. See, for God to work, there is, we have to give something too. I think a lot of times we want God to work and we don't want to do anything. Well, it's called faith and it's called trust. Like we have to be willing to step into it. God is working in ways that, our natural eyes, <laughs> we cannot see it. And yet he's working upstream where nobody can see it, but he's working. He's doing something. This reminds me of a story uh, personally that I've gone through. And my friend Didi was given three months several years ago to live. And I remember sitting on the porch of, uh, we had bought a church, a little church, and we're renovating it and sitting on the stairs there and her looking at me and saying, they give me three months and that's what I have. And I remember we went into like Uber drive of like praying and fasting and just like, what do we need to do in order to see God move on her behalf. And I've never prayed um, with such intensity as I did then. I had never prayed for something to happen as much as I did then. And we 
we as a church were fasting, we were praying, we anointed, we were doing everything we could physically do. I mean, I would just cry out to the Lord in the middle of the night or when I would see her, you know, and honestly, to the natural eye, she got worse. I mean, my husband and I actually would like kind of tease around a little bit, like maybe we need to stop praying because she just seems to be getting worse. Like we didn't see God moving at all. And basically kind of in some ways had resigned to the fact that she was going to pass away. And it we couldn't see it. We couldn't see him doing anything. And yet there was this sense of obedience that needed to come forth out of us of just, con- just we kept pressing in. We just kept like sticking our feet in the water out of obedience because God was calling us to fast. God was calling us to press in in prayer. God was calling us to grow our faith and to make that first step into the water. And unbeknownst to us, he was working in ways that we couldn't see. And one day she woke up and she was completely healed. And the ways that he was working was first of all, he was working on our faith. Like I can honestly tell, see, we can't grow in faith without going through stuff. I know we want to, I know we want to grow in ways without putting in the work and the effort that it takes to, for that to happen. But how does a musician get better? They work at it. How does anybody get better at anything? They work at it. So when we have a moment where we get to grow in our faith. It's going to cost us something. It's going to require something. And I know during that season, it was like we we grew so much in pressing in daily, asking, and just like on her behalf, on her family's behalf, on our behalf, because we loved her and we didn't want her to die. And we had no idea that upstream how much our faith was going to grow. We didn't know upstream the thousands of, I mean, thousands. Her story has been shared with thousands of people. And I'm pretty sure thousands of people have come to know Christ through it. We, We didn't know upstream that how this situation was going to drive us as a church to grow closer together as a family and to encourage each other and to spear each other on and fasting and praying. And we didn't know upstream how this story, her story was going to touch surgeons' lives where, where surgeons were getting saved because of what God was doing. And honestly, I don't even think we know how much upstream God did. Honestly, I'm sure there are ways upstream that we have no idea how God moved. And I'm sure the Israelites on that day and those priests and Joshua had no idea how them stepping in, being faithful, trusting, obeying, getting into the water, making that first step, and how God shows, gives the backstory in scripture of how upstream he stopped the water so that we could read this story and be encouraged. They had no idea how that was going to affect people, thousands of you and I sitting, you're listening to the podcast, I'm reading it, and I'm growing in my my faith and understanding of how God works when I can't see it, when I can't feel it. 
that he's never going to stop working on our behalf because that's who he is. That song, it says, it says, that is who you are. That is who you are. If you get a chance, just pull up the song and listen to it because I guarantee you're probably going to listen to it in a different way. Maybe you need to sing those words, even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're, you're never going to stop working. Maybe you need to say those words right now because you've given up on God moving because you can't see it, because you can't feel it. But let, I, I pray that this scripture, because it's, it's like so blessed me. <laughs> Maybe it's just for me, but it's just given me just a renewed sense of faith, a renewed sense of confidence in my God that he did it back then. And God is who he was, who he is, and who he will always be. He's not, he doesn't change. God doesn't change. So if he did that back then, guess what? He's doing it now. I read in 1 Peter 1.8, it says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And through not seeing him now, you believe in him. And you rejoice with unexpressible and glorious joy. This is the thing. If we don't see him, but we love him and we believe in him and we have him in our lives, even though we can't see him, then how much more should we trust in the fact that he's working on our behalf, that he's moving, he's doing something? It's just a thought. This kind of hit me kind of hard. If I can trust in him and I don't, I don't see him, I don't see his physical form. One day we're going to, oh, what a good day that's going to be. I can't wait for that. But if I can believe in him and trust in, and trust that he is who he says he is, how much more can I trust that when I can't see it, he's working. When I can't feel it, he's working. He's working on our behalfs. I hope that encourages your heart today. I'm going to encourage you to go to Joshua 3 and read the story. I underlined it starting in verse 15 just because I feel like often, like I said in the beginning, how much my word has has really, I've just di- dived into it more, dove into it, dived into it more. <laughs> um, I find when I underline things and I go back later, I'm reminded what God spoke to me or what he showed me the first time I read it. And then usually glean something new. Um, Put notes in the side of your Bible too. That's another thing that I love to do um, because it's, it's just a good reminder of the things that I learned from that passage of scripture or the things God spoke to me or whatever it is. And I just want to thank you for diving in with me today on the fact that he is our way maker and that he has and is doing some pretty awesome things on our behalf, even though we can't see or feel it. He's working. He's working upstream. So take uh, just joy in that. 
Just receive that and have a blessed week.